Dill, what's happening? How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing good. Uh, episode 60. Um, you know, when you think about milestones and numbers, you know, you think about maybe 10 and then 50 and then 100. But 60, you know, it's, 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 an, it's an even number. It's, it's a pretty big number. We're 60% of the way to 100. And I mean... I, I didn't even realize until I looked at the notes preview. I forgot we're starting our division breakdowns. Yes, finally. Which, yeah, and it's, that's a huge chunk of our, you know, material preseason-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, t- takes up the most episodes pretty much out of everything besides, you know, the season content. But today we're starting AFC. We're talking, you know, Clemson players, I believe. And, you know, there there's going to be a lot to discuss um, coming these next couple weeks with mini camps starting right maybe next week is it or did uh, they mini camps start? I think are yeah some of them they it's like they split them up into like groups uh-huh. they've been both each teams or not each teams but different teams have been going the last three weeks just for the three day mini camps with with training camps starting in about five weeks yeah so I mean we're getting you know closer and closer to the season closer to our hundredth episode as we are sixty percent of the way there. Um, is there anything, you know, you want to open up the episode, you want to kind of lead us into, you know, segment one here? All right. Well, uh, as always, welcome to episode number 60 of Dylan Al Talk NFL. Obviously, Al had mentioned today what we are talking about, breaking down our first division of eight, uh, the AFC East. We got some uh, interesting contenders. Can the Bills keep up uh, their impressive 2020 season? Will the Patriots be on the rise and whatnot? And then uh, we will be closing out the night with um, our... Hall of Fame Potential Series. We mentioned last week that we were starting to do themes again. And uh, last week we ended up doing Alabama players on the rise. And this week we decided to go to one of their main rivals for every single national championship, and that's the Clemson Tigers. So we each have uh, one player that we want to talk about, and we will give them, um, we will give you their Hall of Fame chances in our eyes. But let's lead off with the AFC. And let's just lead off with the team that won the division in 2020, the Buffalo Bills. I mean, I, I know you were a big Josh Allen fan, and he started hot last season. In, in the, in the first, Yeah, the first couple, I think it was through week four, week five, he was miles yeah. ahead of the other guys yardage-wise. and He had that bump one. in the road against Kansas City and then against um, yeah. the Titans Tennessee. in that Tuesday night game, yeah. And I, I know you were, you were really high on Josh Allen when we did our first um, – Hall of Fame players with Hall, you know, players with Hall of Fame potential. You you chose Josh Allen, so you know I think I think you should go ahead lead off with the Bills. I know you're super impressed with them last year. Do you think they're going to continue? I think they can. Yeah, I have them going 13 and four, which is going to win them the division. It was weird, really, putting in that first number of 13 and four because this is obviously yeah. going to be our first 17 game season with the 18 week schedule. You know, I was thinking 12 and four, and then I was looking at their schedule and I, I it threw me off seeing an, a game on uh, the second week of January instead of just ending the season right in the first week yeah. of January. Uh, but, but some key add and departs, uh, they added Emmanuel Sanders from the Saints and then Matt Breida from the Dolphins. They did lose John Brown to the Raiders, and I believe Tyler Croft ended up going to the Bengals. Some players to watch here. First on defense, Jordan Poyer. I, I'm really high on this team, especially Josh Allen, as you mentioned, but also their secondary. They have a lot of good pieces, including Micah Hyde 
and Tredavious White, who had great seasons last year. But Jordan Poyer is one of those guys under the radar that not a lot of people in the league talk about. He had a career-high 124 tackles last season that saw him rise into the top 10 safeties in the league that I see in my eyes. I see him taking even a bigger jump in 2021. His lowest tackle season with the Bills since they acquired him in 2016 was 95. So I really think that Poyer can put up 130 tackle, 135 tackle season if he gets that 16 – that. 17 game now threshold i'm sure i'll be saying 16 games a lot when we do these division breakdowns because it's just so new to see the 17 game schedule but i really think poyer poyer could step up he's a very spotty guy in the interception game he, mm-hmm. uh, he had two i believe last year but he hadn't had one in three years so rely more on guys like white and Hyde to get those interceptions but poyer's gonna be more of that secure tackle guy and then on offense I, I did have originally put Stefan Diggs, but I talked about Stefan Diggs last year as I went back into the notes to see what guys. I didn't want to have any repeats. I want to talk about my other favorite receiver on this team, Cole Beasley, one of the most underrated wide receivers in this league right now. And I think his career has been very underrated. I consider him elite for his slot receiver game. I put him behind, especially last year, he was probably second best slot receiver in the game behind Hollywood and yeah. maybe Adelman third last year. But he's had 5,000 yards and 33 touchdowns on 468 catches in his nine seasons. Obviously, seven of those with the Cowboys, and this will be his third season with the Buffalo Bills. He had a career-high 82 catches in 2020 with a career-high in yards, 967. Only had four touchdowns, though, so it wasn't touchdowns. He had 778 yards and six touchdowns in his first season in Buffalo in 2019 on 67 catches. Uh, just a quick nugget on him. I ended up – I remember I sent you this uh, way back in December when I saw it, and it was still in my camera roll, so I ended up pulling it up. Uh, I saw a tweet from way back uh, the end of last year. At, uh-huh. As of week 14 in 2020, he had more yards than A.J. Brown. He had more receptions than D.K. Metcalf. He had a better yards after the catch than DeAndre Hopkins. He had more touchdowns than Julio Jones, and he had more 100-yard games than time. Pretty good steal for around seven million dollars a year that the Bills signed him in twenty nineteen with. No, yeah, that's 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 for those stats. He, you can tell he's very underrated in that way mm-hmm. of you know, not a lot of people were talking about him in in that type of level or holding him to you know being better in in statistical categories than a you know a DK Metcalf or a, you know and. Cole Beasley, I remember him being on the Cowboys, and I, I remember – I don't even think – He was a reliable ever... target for Romo yeah. and then uh, the beginning of Prescott's career too. And that's exactly what I was thinking. I, I think I, I remember him being, you know, a guy you could throw mm-hmm. the ball to and yeah. nine times out of ten know that he's going to get it. Maybe even ten out of ten. He's one of those – He was that Randall really... Cobb and Jordy Nelson at the beginning of Aaron Rodgers' career, I think. And, or not yeah. at the beginning, but in the middle of Aaron Rodgers' tenure in Green Bay. I compare him to those guys. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, it was good to see him. I think last year was definitely his best season. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, hoping that he can continue that, you know, for me. Not a lot of guys I, talk about him. I mean, stuff yeah, no. is all. Josh Allen get, I think, I believe 12% more on his completion percentage last year than in 2019. And yeah. obviously leading the league in receiving yards last year helped out. But, you know, just, I need some more love for Cole Beasley. I mean, because not a lot of people are talking about him. You know, the the best, you know, offenses don't just have that one target they can rely on. Mm-hmm. Rely on. Yeah. Because you saw here, when we had Calvin, arguably, you know, in my opinion, the greatest receiver ever, besides Nate Burleson for a few years, there wasn't really a guy you could just depend on. And that, you mm-hmm. know, puts a 
when it's Calvin Johnson, yeah, he can make a triple covered catch, but that puts a lot more pressure on, you know, the offense because they know who, who to guard. And when you have a guy like Cole Beasley who can stretch the field and do it um, successfully and, and reliably, that's the most dangerous thing you can have. Um, I have the Bills just under 13 and four. I have them at 12 and five. I have both the Bills and the Patriots at 12 and five. Tying for the division, I, I don't see the Bills getting 13 wins with their schedule. They have s- some tough opponents. Yeah, they have a little bit of a gauntlet in the middle of the season. They got to go yeah. to New Orleans, I believe, on a Sunday night. They can't. Yeah. I think they play Kansas City again this season. They may get Baltimore I again. Have, I think they have Chiefs Titans back to back again, and that Ooh, that proved that's tough. That proved that proved them that could have yeah. gave them home field last year, and that proved to kind of be be their um two really main opponents Mm -hmm. um chiefs obviously knocking them out in the afc championship and the titans gave them you know a run for their money but um in the in the regular season but you know my my main player to watch and besides you know the defensive guys like tredavious white and them the secondary is their strongest part on defense their their linebackers are a little lackluster for me besides uh edmonds and you know Mm -hmm. um I had Oliver a player to watch as well. Yeah, year. was last year his rookie year? Uh, no, I believe this was the second year in the league, so this will be his third. So this is gonna be a big, big year for him. Big. I think he had that big step up in 2020 after a <laughs> kind of a disappointing 2019 rookie season. So this is yeah. really gonna be interesting to see what he can do in that because he's he's the D tackle, but he can do both. He can pass rush and he can run stuff as well, which is a yeah. very rare specimen in today's game. Either you're a pass rusher or you're a run stuffer. Yeah, you, you see a lot of the guys are more, you know, more tuned. of a hybrid. Yeah. yeah. Or or even like there there's some guys who are specifically they do this role, like role mm-hmm. players. We have yeah. a lot of role players on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that's the offense is becoming that, you know, yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah. But uh my player to watch is Devin Singletary. Honestly, and you know, it's a little bit of a disappointing year last yeah. year. He disappointed my expectations. You know, I, I was disappointed because my expectations from last year were to have, you know, an improvement. He had a great rookie season, 700 yards, I believe, um, 151 carries, I think. He didn't meet or achieve what I thought he would in his sophomore campaign. I thought he could have, um, you know, went went up. But he had his carries went up by, I think, five more attempts. And he had about 100 less yards. So with a few more carries, <coughs> he had less yards. It's not really, you know, showing me um, elite levels of play. Mm-hmm. Uh, at first, I thought, you know, it could be mostly due to the addition of Diggs and, and, the, and the wide receiver heavy offense. But, I mean, touchdown-wise, he still only contributed two. <coughs> Sorry, I got my allergies, man, kicking me. I got a cough like every single but I mean, touchdown-wise, he had two in his rookie season, two in the sophomore campaign, and I know he can ball out, you know, when he's when he's there. I mm-hmm. hope they give him a chance to shine. I hope it was just a down year, and I hope he can have a breakout third year. Moving on to the Dolphins, how do you see him finishing? All right. Well, I have the Dolphins going 8-9 and nine in 2021. It's going to put them third place in my division. Just some uh, key additions and departures. Uh, they ended up adding Jacoby Dupreset. Justin Coleman came over also from the Lions. Uh, some departures. Kyle Van Noy going back to New England. 
And then uh, I believe Shaq lost into the Raiders. Uh, another one big loss was uh, obviously Ryan Fitzpatrick. As uh-huh. He is now probably going to be in the three-horse race for the Washington job. Uh, some players yeah. to watch. On uh, defense, I'm going to go with Byron Jones. He signed that huge contract in the last offseason. Coming back, um, going to Miami, I'm sorry, from Dallas. He had a good situation going on in Dallas. They had a great defense building up, and he was really a piece of that secondary. You saw how much Dallas missed him in 2020. They oh, yeah. could not stop the pass. To that, that's really what cost them their season, other than Prescott going down with the uh, ACL injury in week three. But he had a career low in tackles last year with 37, only 14 games. But he did record an interception. It was the first time he had an interception in two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm starting to really think he only went to Miami for the cash. They gave him a lot of money, and he could have stayed in Dallas and probably could have been up there in the you know the top five discussion for best safeties in the league. He really should have stayed there. Maybe 2021 will be his year where he can return to that Dallas Cowboy form. He had 67 tackles and 46 tackles in his last two seasons in 2018 and 2019 with the Cowboys with 10 pass defenses and two forced fumbles combined. On offense, it's obviously got to be Tua. You know, they drafted him last year. What was it with the number number five, number six pick? And he he really couldn't prove himself. And it was part due part to the fact that he didn't have the rookie minicamp. He didn't have the regular minicamp. The offseason was a little weird last year as everything else in the world was weird last year. He didn't get a full preseason. Training camp was basically how you had to prove yourself and to improve your stock in your game to get ready for the regular season. I see him having a possibility of making a big leap. I'm not going to be – I'm not going to say 100% sure that he's making a big leap, but it was big that the Dolphins went out and signed Brissett so he can fill that Fitzpatrick role. I can see Brissett getting a little bit more playing time than Tua, especially if Tua plays like he did in 2020. Yeah. Because all Tua did last year was he thought he was at Alabama and he had Ruggs and he had Devontae Smith and he had Waddle and those guys. He was just – it was slant route. It was like they yeah. threw the Alabama play offense. And it just yeah. didn't work. You saw it was like night and day when, Mark, when Fitzpatrick was in there versus when Tua was in there. Tua may have been credited with a couple of those wins last season, but it was yeah. really due to the fact, especially the one where they went into Vegas and they won late in the season that could have really propelled them into the playoffs if they would have won week 17 where Fitzpatrick yeah. carried them. Tua's going to get the win, the credit for the win because he started the game. But really, I mean, if this doesn't work this year, I could really see them going – quarterback next year in 2022 there are some big guys coming out of the draft sam howell out of north carolina who i've mentioned a couple times on this podcast and then uh, spencer rattler from oklahoma so watch those guys uh this year in the fall in uh for oklahoma and then for north carolina potentially being miami dolphins in 2022 possibly seeing the dolphins trade to a next offseason for some draft capital i i don't think two is the guy he's you know he's just not gonna cut it long term and he's he's not gonna do it short term no I have them going nine and eight. I could also see him going eight and nine. Um, I like the move with Brissett. And the Miami Dolphins last year were so close. They should have been a playoff team. Yeah. If they would have kept Fitz in, they're a playoff team. Mm-hmm. They were they've been building in a weird way. They've they've done one of the best flips of a team in a long time. And I think due to Rams, Brian Flores as well. Brian yeah. Flores it was one of the best hires in the last five years, I think. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, the thing with the – I liked when Sean McVay flipped the Rams. That was a phenomenal flip. Then you come in, you have Brian Flores trade away basically the whole team, gut the team. Mink, Minka Fitzpatrick's okay. gone. You, you, you get rid of a ton of guys, yeah. And, and you get a ton of trade, and you also got a lot of young players in return. 
who really rallied together in the last two, three seasons. Like um, all those draft picks they picked up with Xavier and Howard. He's been a good yeah. pickup for them. The the I, I want to mention Xavier Howard because he's my defensive guy to watch. But at the moment, there's something with his contract. He's holding out or something. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, he was, uh, in my eyes, top five corner last year. Yeah. Uh, it, I watched some of his highlights. You can make the argument that he was the best corner last year. Um, but I think there's something with his contract where he's not he's not at the mandatory minicamp is what I saw. And, and this guy might be talking about later that has that same situation, the place for the Patriots. It's, it's something it's they said it's something like he has a unique contract. Oh, but he's okay. holding he's holding out because he wants a new contract. And I mean, it could he could end up being traded. We never know. But he's my player to watch on defense. Offensively, I'm also going to a, I thought they were going to draft Devonta Smith. I thought at, you know, six, that was going to be his guy. They go out and they get, who do they get? Waddle. Right? They got Waddle instead, yeah. I thought they were going Smith. I was going to be like, man. They really should have, I think. And they're, they may they may not regret it because I don't think Devontae Smith's really going to pan out in the NFL. Well, I don't think either. To be honest with you, I don't see Waddle really either. I see him being another John Ross. You can't have a straight speed guy just yeah. play in the NFL. And it succeed. Work. It doesn't work. You've seen it with John Ross, and you've seen it with yeah. other examples. You've seen, there's been a ton of examples. They burn out too. The mm-hmm. speed, your speed doesn't last forever. No, so no. You you gotta have more. You know, like Tyreek Hill is way more than Tyreek Hill's once in a lifetime, though. I mean, Ty- once in a Tyreek generation. Hill, his mossing ability for his size is insane. Mm-hmm. He he has some of the best hops I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but I like the Brissett move because you know you lose Fitz. But Brissett is kind of another journeyman, but he's a successful one like Fitz. He started, uh, what, two years in Indianapolis or just one? Yeah, I think just one, but he was in Indy for a while. Mm. He obviously studied under Brady when he, you know, came in. He was, yeah, he was drafted by the Patriots. Him, Garoppolo, Brady, and the Patriots quarterback room. What a, what a phenomenal group of quarterbacks. Garoppolo, he's in question this year. This could be Brissett's chance. If Tua's yeah. not showing it, Brissett could get that start again. And show, I mean, Brissett. I said in a solid year when he had to step in for Luck when Luck suddenly retired in twenty nineteen. I am a fully supportive Jacoby Brissett guy. I mm-hmm. like Jacoby Brissett. I think um, he he's a very unique player. His they, play style is it's like a Philip Rivers, but it's not that sling. It's, it's yeah. that build, but it's he's got like patience almost with it, and he's got this kind of like reserve and this calm and this you know and and normally you see Brady he's always fired up when you see Brissett it's not that he lacks passion or anything he he's calm and cool and it, it seems like he really you know doesn't take control out there but you know he's comfortable out there they got some solid guys on defense uh they picked up Jason McCourty obviously Justin Coleman they drafted Jevin Holland in the second round last year Xavier Howard's yeah. still there that, that Christian Wilkins in the past rush game, not too much, but wow, if Brissett's gonna have some guys or whoever to or whoever's the quarterback's gonna have some guys to throw the ball to. Obviously, yeah. they picked up Will Fuller in free agency, he's gonna start the year with that suspension. Um, Devontae Parker, obviously, uh, Lynn Bolden out of Kentucky, he had a, a good spurt last year. Jalen Wall, you mentioned Jakeem Grant, who is uh, oh, he's like Tyreek Hill Jr. in my eyes, and then Gasicki is is a very underrated tight end as well. Yeah, no, Gasicki had a phenomenal last year, and then I was watching even the year before. Gasicki had a heck of a senior year at Penn State. 
Gasicki's a guy that uh, I think he's going to get overshadowed. He reminds me a little of like a Tyler Eifert. Um, this reminds me of watching Hawkinson play a little bit. Yeah, maybe an older Hawkinson. Or mm-hmm. how old is Gasicki? I think Gasicki may be a year or two in front of Hawkinson. Because I think yeah. it was about 2016. I think so. He was in the 2017 draft, and Hawkinson was in 19. So, yeah, two years apart. Yeah. So, I mean, Gasicki's actually a lot younger than I thought he was, but he's 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 a dog. He um, is, man. Watching him on those Penn State teams with uh, Trace McSorley and Saquon Barkley. Chris Godwin was on that team. Trace McSorley, man. Hope hope he gets a chance in the NFL. I know. That dude balled out at, at Penn State. He really deserves it. But uh, let's move on here to the New York Jets. Uh, Ugh. I mean. Not the Jets, bro. Not, Jets. not Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, obviously the number two overall pick, Zach Wilson, Mormon. goes from playing, uh, yeah, Mormon goes from playing his college ball in quiet Provo, Utah for the BYU Cougars, all the way to the big, flashy, shiny lights and the cameras and all that stuff of New York City. He was my key addition, obviously, as well as Corey Davis, picked up from the Tennessee Titans, a number five pick in the 2017 draft. Uh, they obviously lost Sam Darnold. They traded him to the Carolina Panthers for some draft capital. And then they lost uh, one of those receivers, Prashad Perriman, to the Detroit Lions. Also, Jamison Crowder in a little bit of a contract dispute also as well. So they may not have him fully for the start of the year. I have the Jets going 3-14 and 14 this year. This is going to put them in last place in the division. Zach Wilson's my player to watch on offense. He has a lot of expectations with him being the number two pick in this past year's draft. Obviously, I mentioned, you know, going from Provo, Utah, growing up in northern shiny lights of New York City where the media is watching your every move. I can see him having a decent season. I'm not saying a great season. I'm going to say maybe around 3,000 yards and 20 touchdowns. It's really going to be hard for him to get touchdowns, and those yards may come in garbage time because they're going to be getting blown out in every single loss, I think, because they're just that bad of a football team. Uh, a, a bright spot on defense, though, for this young Jet defense is Quinnen Williams. He was a uh, 2018 first round pick out of Alabama going into his third season, almost doubled his tackles in 2020 from his rookie year in 19 had four and a half more sacks and two forced fumbles. Uh, also had um, 19 tackles for loss last year. I could see him as a guy that gets traded possibly at the deadline in October. You know, there's always those teams, Seattle, maybe looking for some help on the D line, maybe Dallas as well. If they're making a run to the Super Bowl. Uh, if he does have a great first half of the season as the Jets try to build up maybe more draft capital to continue this rebuild under new coach Robert Sala. I like Robert Sala, and he's a defensive-minded guy, which is mm-hmm. why it's it's very interesting to me that um, their defense is the worst part about them. Offensively, I like the Jets. I I know Zach Wilson's got a lot of issues. He's 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 going into the bright lights, but I. I, I know you're high on Zach Wilson. I, 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 I know you are. I think he's going to be decent. I think I, I don't think he's as bad as people say. I, no. I don't. I don't think it's he's just great. the no competition that he had in college was it for me. Yeah. yeah, you can throw. I don't think he threw an interception this year, but they really didn't play anybody. They couldn't. They're an independent school that could. They didn't have a conference, so they didn't have the big shiny, you know, big game. And he just didn't have the opponents to prove himself. I mean, if you put me out there against some of the teams that he played, I think I could have thrown for 400 yards and four touchdowns a game. I mean, I, I, I think it's possible that Zach Wilson, you know, is untested. I, I agree he's untested. But I think it's possible that Zach Wilson can make the jump because he's not un, – he, he's talented. Mm. 
You see some of the throws he makes. They're I mean, phenomenal. Set, what would he make, like an 80-yard throw in his pro day? Yeah, it, it, some of them are phenomenal. He has the talent. I think he needs the development. I am not going to say he's day one amazing. I don't even think he's going to be amazing for the first couple of years of his career. I think he might play on New York, leave, and then be good. <laughs> like a Sam Darnold? Yeah, something like that. Or or even like a Drew Brees. He was decent on the Chargers. Mm-hmm. When he goes to the Saints, and he's now a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. But offensively, they're not as bad as I, I thought. Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, hopefully they get through the – um the contract dispute because he's a phenomenal and underrated receiver. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the receiver core, it is amazing to me. I'm excited to see Corey Davis get a chance as a number one possible. Yeah. It, no, this receiving core is honestly like if you put together a, a, a Madden, like, you know, franchise mode sim draft, mm-hmm. this is comparable to what you get. You get yeah. Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, Keelan Cole, Elijah Moore, then you have guys who Denzel Mims, <coughs> kind of a bust, I think, in my I, eyes I, at least. I'm still pretty high on him. I think he has the potential. Um, and then running back wise, Frank Gore, Tevin Coleman. Tevin I mean, Coleman's a sneaky pickup. I like Tevin Coleman a lot. I I've always been a Tevin Coleman guy. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when he was on the Falcons, and then when he was on the 49ers, I believe. But yeah, yeah I I don't think the offense is that bad. Their defense is atrocious, mm, and that yeah. being said, let's move on to the Patriots. I mean, Pierre Desir, Pierre Desir is like the only guy yeah, but, besides Quinnen that I can uh, probably name you on the, the Jets' defense. I was gonna, I was gonna name him right. He's actually on the Seahawks now. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. So I only know one Jet off or defensive player. I'm excited the, to watch Elijah Moore play, though. Yeah, me too. I think he's gonna be comparable to. Um, what Odell I was. I wouldn't in, put him on DK's level or AJ Brown's level. No, but, but he I is, think he's gonna have a good rookie he's year. He's close. Yeah, I I'd compare him to the the New York Jets are almost the off brand version of the Giants, right? And neither team are good now, but I think back to when the Giants made a couple Super Bowls and even when they had great years in the eighties, you know, um, in nineties. But I think um. When, when I would look at the Jets, I would just think for the off-brand version. And, and to be honest, I think Elijah Moore is like their Odell Beckham, but he's mm-hmm. he's not Odell Beckham. He's like the he, – he's good, but he's just – you know, he's the Jets version. Yeah. And he's going to have a good year. I I have no doubt about it. If, you, if you're getting praise from, from some of the best receivers in the game who, who know, you know, what what it really takes to be in the league, and they're already saying this guy's got it, I think I don't. I, I agree with you. He's not on that DK AJ Brown level. He's not that physical animal, but I think he's that different speedy breed, and he's mm-hmm. going to be one of the better ones. Moving on though to the last team in this division, Patriots. Man, what a free agency! What a draft! Bill Belichick um, went out and spent some cash. Yeah. Somebody was a little butt hurt watching Tom Brady win a Super Bowl with another team. And I'm so excited for that matchup week. I believe we get a week four on Sunday Night Football. Oh, it's going to be the Tom best Tom Brady going back to Foxborough. I have the Patriots being one of the most improved teams, I think, this year. Me as well. Uh, what was it? it was seven and nine, I believe, last year, right? I have them going 12 and five this year. That's going to put them in second place, a game behind the Bills. Definitely going to get a wild card spot. I'm going to throw that out right, th- right now. Two AFC East teams will be in the playoffs. 
Uh, key ads, Jonu Smith, Matt Judon, obviously picked up Hunter Henry as well. Uh, they did lose Joe Tooney, as I believe they traded him to the Chiefs, yeah. and then Julian Edelman retired. Uh, some players to watch for this Patriot team. I want to lead off with probably the best cover corner right now in the NFL, Stephon Gilmore. He only played 11 games in 2020. Didn't really have that great of a season. Most of the Patriots didn't, obviously. Cam Newton, he had a good start, then got COVID week three, missed a couple weeks, and then just couldn't get back on track since. Uh, they were definitely one of the NFL's biggest shock down teams uh, in 2020. He only had 37 tackles, one interception after leading the league in 2019 with six. Uh, also, watch out. I did tease this earlier in the episode. Watch out for his holdout as he is looking for more money. So he's in a little bit of a contract dispute. As he is a great player, he deserves to get paid. Does he start the year with the New England Patriots? I do believe so. Will he have a new deal? I don't know, to be honest with you. And then um, a big, another big uh, acquisition on the offensive side of the ball was Nelson Aguilar. I know we clown on him a lot on this podcast. Obviously, yeah. he dropped that touchdown in 2019 that got the Lions one of their three wins. Uh, uh-huh. we, they did lose Julian Edelman to a short, sort of a shock retirement in 2020. They made the two big tight end signings in Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith. Smith obviously coming from the Titans and Henry from the Chargers. But Aguilar will probably be Cam's number one. Hopefully, he can have a good season like he did in 20. He had a good bounce-back year there. Uh, 896 yards on 48 catches with eight touchdowns. Uh, That last year in Philly was just rough for him. He had 39 catches for just under 360 yards and three touchdowns as he did sign a two-year and $22 million deal with the Patriots. Will he be worth the money in the end? I I have the Patriots as also one of my – most improved teams, and I have them at 12 and 5 as well. Um, key departure, you know, they lost, uh, what was it, Jason McCourty, who was uh, he went to the uh Dolphins, and he was a key piece in their secondary for a long time. They also lost Thune and Edelman, and they added an insane amount of people. We listed it before Nelson Aguilar, both the tight ends, like you mentioned. I mean. Matthew Judon. I mean, they went into the pocketbooks. <laughs> they 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 signed everyone possible. Pretty they, much, yeah. But my thing to watch is going to be Mac Jones and Cam Newton. That's going to be fun. Do you think Mac Jones gets playing time in 2021? I I think it'll depend on Cam Newton's play. Mm-hmm. If if Cam Newton, if they're 12 and five. He doesn't see the field this year. I don't. Think. Not at all. If they come out and they're the Patriots of years previous, then no, no way. If 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 um, Cam Newton and them, they if Cam struggles, <coughs> I have no doubt in my mind that we could be seeing Mac Jones suit up for the Patriots. It sounds like he's going to be the future. You know, you yeah. you go out and draft him at fifteen. There was you didn't need to do that. Yeah, they clearly maybe, wanted him. Maybe they're thinking deep down inside this could be Cam Newton's last season. I think so, and I mean, they only signed him to a one-year again, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I like Cam Newton. He, Him and Dak could, are my, you know, comeback player of the year choices. Dak being my number one and Cam maybe being my dark horse. Um, if Cam Newton comes out and has another MVP-type year, though, it's not out of the pocket. It's very possible. Obviously, the COVID diagnosis really threw him yeah. off because he missed – two games and then he just like I mentioned he yeah. wasn't the same since I'm just looking at their schedule right now they yeah. they can be obviously I believe they can be three and all going into that box game yeah the Dolphins they have the Jets and they have the Saints 
the Dolphins obviously is going to be easy win because it's at home. Yeah. It'll be the Jets. first game back in front of the fans and everything. The Jets is going to be a blowout win. The Saints, I do think they could beat the Saints, especially if it's Jameis Winston. Even if it's Taysom yeah. Hill, they still can win this game. I see them going the first eight weeks six and two because then they get the Texans, they get Dallas, they get the Jets again, and they go to LA to play the Chargers. Yeah, and I, I think six and two, seven and one is where they. I think be they can there. possibly lose to the Chargers just because it's a road game, yeah. but I think they'll be able to beat Dallas at home. I agree. I I think Dallas uh, needs secondary help. And what the Patriots yeah. did was add offensive help. So that's mm-hmm. not going to be fun for them. And Johnny I, Smith and Hunter Henry are both vertical deep threats. Yeah, it's the, it's the new Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. New Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, for sure, yeah. But, uh, you know, you take a look, and last year they had no one for yeah. Cam to throw the ball to. Nikel Harry, he had flashes. What a disappointment. I thought he was going to have a, a great start to his Patriots career. Obviously, he had the injury right away. Where he missed the first like what eight games of his rookie season, Something I think. Like that, yeah. But I mean, and, watching that guy play at Arizona State, I thought he was going to be an absolute animal. But maybe I this thought, is the season where he where he comes out and just breaks out. For real, you never know. You can't count him out yet. I think what they did though is they added all that re- <coughs> receiver help. Pardon me, that they didn't have. That's going to make Cam Newton shine. The last mm. thing we got to mention is the return of Dante Hightower, right? Yep, they get a, they get a lot of guys back too. They had, I think they had the most opt opt outs. Pardon me, in the league, with yeah, like seven. And that's the thing; everyone's freaking out about the Patriots. Oh, they're they're done. No, but they'll be fine. They're going to be the just Patri- fine this year. They're going to be just fine this year, and they're going to be fine years to come. Yeah, they're the Patriots. They're a winning when, organization. Because when Cam have- Newton leaves, Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a good safety blanket. Yeah, I and you know that Belichick has other plans in mind oh, too. He's, sure. For sure. Belichick <coughs> had Garoppolo and Brissett and Brady, all three lined up. Mm-hmm. Belichick has plans for that team after Belichick retires. That's what I'm saying. And <laughs> I, it's, 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 it's interesting to watch. Um, but the return of Hightower is what I'm excited for. Cause I've, I've always been a huge Dante Hightower yeah. fan. Yeah. And you, you could tell they missed them last year. Oh, um, definitely. As that leader and that important piece of the defense, he's a guy when you thought, talked about the Patriots 2019 campaign defensively, you talked about Stefan Gilmore and you talked about um, Dante Hightower. My guy to watch on defense, though, is J.C. Jackson. Yes. What a phenomenal uh, season he had last year. I think he continues that pace. I think he's going to show that, you know, he's, he's it's not just a one-and-done type season. He's one of the better corners in the league. I think that's what's going to happen this next upcoming year. And I like that they added, who was it? Um, Jalen Mills from the Eagles. Yep, Jalen Mills was a big part of that Eagles Super Bowl team in 2018. Yeah, and I, I like I like the, um, the pickup there. Moving on to our last segment, though, if you're uh, ready. Yeah. Young players with Hall of Fame potential, Clemson edition. We're both talking wide receivers. Um, yours has been in the league for a little bit. Mine's a little controversial because he only had his rookie season. Yeah, so yours is going into a second year. Yeah, Two so different my, quarterbacks that were throwing our receivers the ball. Yeah, One was catching passes at Clemson from Trevor Lawrence, and the other one was catching passes from Deshaun Watson. Two great Clemson quarterbacks. Two best quarterbacks. You could put them up in the top five, top ten in college football history in terms of quarterback play. Oh, yeah. 
No doubt. And uh, they're two of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL already, even though Lawrence hasn't uh, Lawrence you know, hasn't playing. taken a snap yet in the NFL. Yeah, Lawrence is going to be phenomenal. I'm so I excited. I can't wait to watch him. Bro, I'm so excited. I, 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 I can't express the excitement I have for watching Trevor Lawrence take the field in the Jacksonville Jaguars jersey. Mm-hmm. You want to lead off with this one? Uh, sure. I Like I said, mine's a little controversial because he only had one year. It's T. Higgins. Impressive rookie campaign. I was thoroughly surprised by him. Mm-hmm. And it came on a bad team. And he played with two different quarterbacks, too. Obviously, Burrow going down halfway through. And, had you Ryan know, Finley I, for the rest of the year. Yeah, he had Finley, and who else did he have? Somebody he else started one. a game or two, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, it was like Allen, Allen or Yeah, Brandon Allen. Yep, yep. Arkansas yeah. Razorback. He, he had to step in for a little bit. But um, being on a bad team. Yes, it could hurt his chances. There's, there, you know, obviously because if you're not gonna win and you're not gonna get the spotlight, you know, how are you gonna be, you know, noted? But I'm only, I'm, I'm only saying he has potential, and I am going with a low percentage. I'm not saying he's already Hall of Fame. That's not what the point of the series is. Mm-hmm. It's about potential. <coughs> and let me tell you, he's got a lot of potential. I mean. You take a look at the rookie stats, 908 yards, six touchdowns. Loved his play that he made. I believe it was in that um, week six or week seven game with the Browns. It was like that shootout. And, mm. I mean, they were they were going back and forth. Oh, the, the one that they played, it was like on Thursday night or something? Yeah, it, it was something. It was early it was, in the year, yeah. It was a shootout. And I, I think there was eight minutes left. The – Brown or the Bengals were down by four. They were in the red zone or near the red zone. T. Higgins comes through on the slant. There's there's a guy in the middle, two guys right behind that guy, in, in like moving in. T. Higgins catches the slant, kind of bounces off the first guy, spins off of two guys, like hits them, spins, walks, like goes into the end zone, and he made it look easy. And that was a phenomenal play. And and just the fact, like I said, he made it look easy. He really had to step up last season um, and be, be you know, the number one target in Cincy. And when Burrow went down, you know, he actually still kept a similar pace to the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, A.J. Green had a pretty lackluster year. I, I thought for some reason he was injured. No. A.J. Green played all 16 games and had 524 yards. And his, his catches were dismal. His receptions yeah. were like – it was like 42 receptions <coughs> – excuse me, on 104 targets. Just definitely wasn't the A.J. Green that we're used to seeing, for sure. Not at all. And, you know, he's going to Arizona now. He's going to be, you know, there with Nuke. That's going to be a fun, fun offense to watch. Yeah. Nuke, uh, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella. That's going to be unbelievable. And and this could be Fitz's last season. Yeah. But uh, T, he only had one game without a reception. I believe it was against the Ravens. Uh, 67. Yeah. Yeah. But like you mentioned last week, Marlon Humphrey, you know, they have a good secondary, but 67 receptions on 108 targets, 13.6 yards per target first in all of their team's categories, except receptions, but he was close second. I believe Boyd had 70 and Higgins had three, um, shy at 67. And he had two less targets though. So if you if you give him those two more targets and let's say they're caught, he has sixty-nine. <coughs> Boyd is seventy. With Boyd having seventy. So I mean, 
they're they're on a pretty similar pace uh, target wise. But he had the most receiving TDs, the most yards, the best average, and he played all sixteen games. So I mean, this season reminded me a lot of AJ Green's rookie campaign. Touchdown wise, AJ Green in his rookie season had seven and one thousand fifty seven yards. So I mean, they're not their numbers aren't too far off. But I think that Burrow and Higgins could be the new Dalton and Green. The only thing that's going to hinder Higgins is the addition of Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's my only concern is Jamar Chase coming in. Higgins has shown he can ball out when he gets the chance. But if he can't get the chance because it's going to Chase. But Chase it, and Burrow have that chemistry both playing at LSU together. That's that what historic I'm season that they had in 2019. It is said that Joe Burrow has high expectations for Higgins to, you know, have a great year again. And I think that it's early in his career and he needs a lot of refinement. I'm not going mm-hmm. crazy high percentage. It's not even a high percentage at all. It's I'm going 10%. But if you know, he could be a key piece in a young Bengals team already showing that in his first year, he was their number one target, their best target, their most reliable target. He made the plays when they counted and it was a bad team, but he balled out. That's that's my case. Ten percent. We'll see how it goes. All right. Uh, my wide receiver from the University of Clemson uh, played there from 2013 to 2016. Uh, he currently does play for the Los Angeles Chargers and is the number two on his team behind the star, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I think he has a sneaky Hall of Fame chance right now. I'd put him around the 25 to 30 percent threshold. Obviously, guys like Heinz Ward, Jerome Bettis. They really weren't expected to make the Hall of Fame when they came into the league. Um, He's going into his fifth season in L.A., played all four years for Dabo and Clemson, Uh, did only play one game in his sophomore campaign, though, in 2015 after having a scary collision with a goalpost on a deep route where I believe he fractured some bones in his neck uh, against Wofford. He got the throw from Deshaun Watson, and it it was a post route, and he ran right into the goalpost and it was a serious injury that made him miss the rest of the season. Uh, But in the pretty much the three full seasons that he had in Clemson, not including that sophomore campaign in 2015, he had 177 grabs for uh, 2,700 yards, 21 touchdowns. Uh, He came into the combine at six, three and five eighths, 218 pounds with a 40 time of around 4.5. So he's not a burner guy. He's not a John Ross. He's not a Tyreek Hill. He's he's not not going to blow you away with his speed. He's going to blow you away with his agile moves and his deep threat ability. He has a 32-and-a-half-inch vertical with a 10-inch broad jump. He was taken number seven in the 2017 draft by the L.A. Chargers, second wide receiver off the board. After Tennessee took Corey Davis, who was mentioned earlier, uh, joining the Jets this year. Uh, Corey Davis, obviously, from Western Michigan. I uh, missed most of his rookie training camp with a herniated disc in his back. Uh, that also forced him to miss the first six games of his rookie campaign. Ended up making his debut week seven where he caught his first NFL pass in a 17-16 win versus the Raiders. Obviously, um, Philip Rivers threw him that pass. Only 11 catches for 95 yards in 10 games, though, after being shut down with an injury, uh, the nagging knee injury in week 14. Uh, He caught his first NFL touchdown in week two of 2018 versus the Bills, then came back the next week and caught two more. So he had three touchdowns through three weeks. Only finished up with uh, seven more touchdowns in the final 14 games, but did have 43 grabs for 664 yards. Uh, 2019 saw Mike Williams have two 100-yard games. He had one in Week 9 versus the Packers at home and then at Denver in Week 13. That was probably his best season out of his bunch so far. He only had 49 catches, but did go for 1,000 yards, just barely at 1,001. 
but only had two touchdowns. Uh, 2020, they picked up his fifth-year option for this season, so he will be uh, going into his final year of his rookie deal in 2021. So he'll definitely be one of those guys to watch in the 2022 draft or the free agency class. Uh, he had a big week five on Monday Night Football in that crazy game against New Orleans where I believe the Chargers blew that big lead. Or was it the Saints that blew that big lead? It was the Saints that blew that big lead. Herbert ended up getting that win on Monday Night Football. Five catches, 109 yards, and two touchdowns. And uh, also a fun fact, he actually got his first career interception this past season in week 16. He was thrown in there uh, on a Hail Mary pass against the Denver Broncos, and Drew Locke ended up throwing him the ball, and it was his nice. uh, first and only interception. So, as I mentioned, 25 to 30% chance of making the Hall of Fame for Mike Williams. If Keenan Allen were to leave or Mike Williams to go to another team, I could see that percentage maybe peaking at about 45%, but I don't see it being a major thing that, you know, a major talking point that he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Just because he's the number one, he could be the number one somewhere else, but he does put up big numbers as a number two deep threat slot, whatever you want to call him. Uh, you can compare him to a bigger Hollywood Browns in terms of his slot ability. Antoine Randall and Heinz Ward are other guys that I can compare him to from past, you know, past wide receivers. Uh, with Justin Herbert being the quarterback of the future after a great rookie year that he had, obviously winning rookie of the year, this can help Mike Williams a lot if he does decide to sign another contract with the LA Chargers. As you mentioned with Higgins, that's that's the problem that Burrow's going to have. You know, he hasn't had the time to prove himself due to obviously the poor offensive line play and then the ACL injury that Burrow ended up having last year. So that's really going to affect Higgins, I think. They're both getting guy, quarterbacks from the same class. Yep. And they're both Clemson receivers. It's it's quite interesting to see they're kind of both in a similar position, Mike Williams being in the league longer. With Mike Williams, I almost chose him. I, I, I could see him, like you're saying, making the Hall of Fame. If he gets that chance to be a number one for a guy like Herbert, that's the thing. The thing is, is he going to get the target? Same with Higgins. With Jamar Chase coming in, with Keenan Allen already being there with Mike Mike Williams, these guys are going to have to do something to differentiate themselves from the pack to show their play, to show their game, to show, you know, they're going to have to do something that makes their case for the Hall of Fame. And mm. I, I, I think uh, they both have the potential to do it. I think Mike Williams is one of my favorite jump ball contested guys. Oh, definitely. And I, when Mike Williams was drafted, I remember uh, for some reason I just remember watching him being being selected. And you know, I was like, "Damn, I wish the Lions could have grabbed him." For because sure. Yeah. I, he was a guy that you know I hadn't really heard of because mm-hmm. I I wasn't even really at all interested in college football then. Now I've I've come around to it in the past couple of years and. I, uh, this year, you know, I'm excited to. I'm I'm definitely gonna check out some college games. You know, um, Saturday football, like you were saying, you got to get me hip. I'm excited, but I think that's really gonna wrap up the segment. And you know, I had fun doing Clemson. I'm not sure that we're gonna do a college next week. Maybe we'll do like a, a AFC West player or like something like that. Maybe we'll switch the it theme, up. Maybe with the divisional, uh, you know, the divisional breakdown, yeah. we could do like an AFC North player. All right, so next week we have AFC North, right? So, yeah, like let's do AFC North players. I already, uh, I already got my player. I already got my player. Then you're right. You're you're good. So we'll highlight AFC North player. We'll do that. We'll keep it like that. And then maybe when we're done doing the division breakdown things, we will go ahead and return to maybe some of these college ones or 
like we mentioned before, draft class ones, guys from the same draft class. Uh, Could be hitting almost to be, to be uh, beginning of the season where we can return to player spotlight too. Yeah, and I mean, once preseason starts, we'll have to do a player spotlight to at least maybe highlight highlight some of the littler guys, you know, that yeah. sneak onto that ro- that fifty three man roster at the very end. For sure, uh, but overall, you know, I felt like this was a shorter episode, but at, at the same time. It, it got me really hyped up for the season, looking at division previews, looking at the schedule, looking at, you know, rosters, you know, it made me think about all, all the possibilities in the upcoming year. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. I, this was a fun episode 60. If there's, if there's anything else you want to say, why don't you go ahead, you know, wrap it up. I think we do have three segments next week. Yeah. I'm going to um, try to, I'm going to try to get somebody on whether we do, you know, maybe a top 10 quarterback list. I saw CBS Sports put out a uh, top 10 quarterback list and then, you know, broke the rest of them into tiers. Maybe we could break down their, maybe re-rank their list. Yeah. Um, I did mention uh, the, when we had Logan on the last time when we did the recap of risers and followers, he was interested in doing that again. So maybe, maybe we do that again or I, 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 yeah. we could find somebody definitely for sure. Well, we'll definitely do uh, three segments next week as this was a little bit shorter. Um, and we'll probably end up be recording again next Wednesday because we are going to the Tigers game on Tuesday. Yes, we are. So, you know, we'll, we'll probably see you guys again next Wednesday. We want to thank you for listening and supporting Episode 60 as we move into Episode 61 next week. Is there anything else you want to say here uh, before we leave it off? Do you, anything you want to, you know... Mm-hmm. No, just you know, keep rate reviewing and subscribing. You know, we're trying to continue to build a football family here as we get closer and closer to the season. Just again, another uh, preview of next week's episode. We will be breaking down the AFC North uh, with obviously some. You know, that's probably going to be one of the tighter races in football uh, with the Browns, the Ravens, and the Steelers. Obviously, our um, players with Hall of Fame potential will be themed around the AFC North as well, and then uh, whatever guest segment we do decide to have on, depending on who is available. So uh, thank you guys again for listening, and have a great week.